High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, where we have set out to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your hosts on this journey are Sherry Gideon. So let's join them now in their current interview with a high vibing individual. Hello and welcome to High Vibe Nation, the number one positive media show focused on raising the vibe of the planet, a space for you to remember the power within you. It's a love revolution. And today my special guest is Natalie Susie. Super happy and excited to have her. And Natalie is she has more than 14 years of experience as a teacher, speaker, entrepreneur, and mentor. Currently, she's a five-year UCSD, can't talk, professor focusing on communications and the pursuit of happiness. As an entrepreneur, she's founded and grown Bear Organic Mixers Beverage Company for eight years resulting in an acquisition in 2014. After selling the company, Natalie combined her educational background as a teacher and her experiences as an entrepreneur to provide personal development, coaching, and consulting to individuals, businesses, and creative entrepreneurs. She developed a program called Conscious Conversations and utilizes a step-by-step -step process called the Alignment Method to support leaders to cultivating conscious teams and businesses through a process of self-reflection, self-discovery, and self-ascension that ultimately increases profits, productivity, and the growth of individuals personally and professionally. And I am super excited to welcome Natalie Susie to the show. Hi. Welcome. Hi, that was brilliant. Thank you. That was a mouthful. Sorry <laughs> so much. <laughs> but you read it beautifully. It's so good to be Hi. here, Sherry. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh, you are so welcome. And I always love to start the show at, since this is High Vibe Nation, I want you to tell me, what is High Vibe to you? Oh, High Vibe means being really peaceful in your body and peaceful in your mind, and you feel calm and motivated all at the same time. So you feel excited and motivated and also calm and peaceful all at the same time. That's like really what it is to be a High Vibe human in my world. Wow. I love that, you know, and it, it's so it's so rewarding to really get to hear, you know, people's their conversations around high vibe and where they've grown in that awareness within themselves. So I always love hearing that for people. So yes, I say yes. It's <laughs> a great question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So start us out. Start us off by telling us a little bit more about you and your life and what brought you to this point and what do you teach? So I, I make, you know, it's a 14 year journey. So it's a long story that I'll make really short and it essentially goes like this. I'm, you know, I've, I've always known I'm a teacher. I say I'm a teacher by trade, but also a teacher by heart as cliche as that sounds. That's what I've always wanted to do in my life. And I got an English degree and I taught and I was laid off. And inside of that, I started a business because I was curious again now of what it, what, what it was to, to, create something and be an entrepreneur. And I learned all of my really hard lessons in that in that first food and beverage product. 
and I sold that company. And then I woke up one day and I was just like, I need to be back into the classroom. And in that moment, I had also gone through a really challenging breakup that sort of um, broke me open and sent me down the personal development rabbit hole. And I sought out all these leaders and speakers and seminars and you name it, I tried it and went to it and studied it. And then I wanted to start, because we teach best what we most needed to learn, I wanted to start helping people come out of what I call cocoon moments. I used to call them ditch moments, but essentially they're you know moments in time where it's really dark and dreary and challenging. And it's all about really putting a process in place and understanding that there's light at the end of a, of a cocoon moment, right? You, you transform mm -hmm. through those moments. And so I really wanted to start teaching that. So I started coaching and then I was blessed with this position that totally magically, synchronistically, that's why it's one of my favorite words is magic came into my life at UCSD teaching a communications course called The Pursuit of Happiness. So it was really to get in my story, the thing to get is like, I, I set an intention. I used some principles I learned from the success principles by Jack Canfield. I set an intention. I visualized it. I got really clear. And in 90 days, the most brilliant opportunity showed up and I didn't work for it. It just like I did the energetic and, and the, you know, the conscious work and it was in my existence, you know. So that's really what I teach now. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I can relate on so many levels with that because the cocoon moment, I mean, that's such a great visual for me. And 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 I and I kind of look at that too as the gestation process. Yeah. You know, like when you plant a seed or when a baby is, you know, implanted within a woman, you know that there's going to be this gestation process. So part of it is is that you let go and you but you're at the same time you're expecting you know, that eventually that's going to be birds. And it sounds like that's the same thing you're saying. 100%. I love the way that you just said that. I, you know, when I work with coaching clients, they usually come to me in a cocoon moment, right? They're coming to me in some kind of crisis and they're so stressed. And they're just like, how do I get through this moment? And I said, oh, it's very simple. It's the first thing is acknowledging that you're just in a cocoon moment. And we live in a universe that abides by the law of duality. And what does that mean? Well, it means there's light and dark and love and fear and sadness and happiness. And those things are two sides of the same coin and you can't have one without the other. So the first step is just really acknowledging, well, this is, this is not permanent. I'm not going to be stuck here forever. I'm just in a cocoon moment. It's just a moment in time. And I have them actually say that phrase and post it and, or a phrase that, that resonates with them. It's just a moment in time, mm. um, you know? And so part of the process is understanding like, what is your cocoon process? What's your process for, transformation and for that gestation period and what's the timing on it because we generally have a pattern around that stuff mm -hmm. and how do how do your clients usually receive that i mean when you very first start out with this cocoon process with them and you kind of set the stage for them around that how do they usually receive it that's a great question um that is usually when I hear like a kind of a sigh of relief and a connection like I can feel it where they're like wow okay this doesn't have to be this way forever. Like, um, and that is part of like, you know, I think it's really important for people to, to who listen to, to people like us to really understand. I'm, I'm very transparent about this. Like we teach best what we most need to learn. Yeah. And I should quote that guy and I forget his name in the moment, but feel it's not my statement. It's someone else's brilliant quote. But so these are things I, I got, I was challenged with and I learned 20 different ways and strategies to get around them. And that's how I can teach it now. You know, it's challenging stuff. This is not like we're not born with the ability to move through a cocoon moment. Like we learn it the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you think that 
part of it is people have to be ready. Um, you know, because I know that I find, I find that often in my own clients is, is that, and not only that, it's, it's learning to know yourself. It's learning to listen to yourself and to be able to, you know, get still and realize, okay, so am I going to be able to serve this person? And in turn, are they ready to follow the necessary steps that I'm going to share with them, you know, to obviously move them to the next level that, that they say they're ready for? Well, yeah, absolutely. I was just actually talking to my mom about this because it, there's so many people in my world that I want to go like, here's the resource you need and here's the person you need and go to this modality because I can see it and it's my life and I love doing that stuff. But you have to hold back on that until someone asks for it mm -hmm. because it's not fair. If they're not ready, they're not going to get the value out of it. And there's like, I came up with this question just to myself earlier today. And it's like, if something's in front of you and you're and you're not clear on it, is it because you're resisting it or is it because it's not resonating? Because if it's just not resonating, it's just not the moment and time you need to be doing it. But if you're resisting it, it's the thing to move towards. Like whenever I'm resisting something, I say yes, because I know it's the thing I'm supposed to be doing most of the time. This is not 100 percent, but most of the time it's because there's some fear around it. Um, so, yeah, you always have to wait for the people to be ready. I love how you just put that, you know, I, one of the things that I, I, I mean, the reason I love how you just put that is, is because people look at these bad, what they call bad situations or these crises in their lives and they want to resist it so severely and they look at it as bad instead of something for us. And that's yeah, yeah. the moment when I, you know, I love telling people, listen, Start asking yourself questions. Start talking to yourself like you would be asking anybody about how to do something because your higher self, you can say to it, you know, what are my programs? Yeah. And whatever showing up is showing you where you're putting resistance in the field. It's really brilliant, Sherry. I think the work that you do is so amazing that you're telling people, you're suggesting for people to do this because you can. We don't think that we have the power a lot of the times until you really, really do the work for many, many years to just ask yourself. I mean, I, I do this as well, too. It's like I have a process now when I go to bed and I just write on a post-it note, like higher mm -hmm. self, spirit guides, like here's my question. I write out the question and it will come to me in some way, shape or form. And I just trust that now. Like I just like I get into that and trust it. Um, but it's a, it's a skill just like, just like building a muscle, just, you know, we say this all the time in the, in the human transformation space, like these are all skills and you've got to build them and it's a daily practice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, what is your definition of conscious conversation? So, yeah, I love this question. Thank you. So conscious conversations to me is how do we create authentic, genuine win-win connections with everyone in all areas of our life? How do we create conversations with people where everyone feels seen, valued, heard, and understood. How do we bridge gaps in communication? This is what I do in business with teams. How do we bridge gaps in communication with others and internally? So bridge the gap in communication with myself and externally, internally and externally. And so conscious communication is this process that I have a six-step process around it and a framework to use with it. But it's, it's how, it's that idea of building that gap or bridging that gap. Hmm. and creating authentic, genuine win-win connection. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so through that pro process, does that lead us in the direction of the pursuit of happiness or is it, or does happiness come 
continually along the way through that process. It's a different level. It's a different level. And so the way that I describe it is like imagining like a, like a pyramid, right? Because people ask me, oh, I, I teach this class called the pursuit of happiness. So people always ask me that question. What does it mean to be happy? How do I feel happier? These kind of things. And I always tell them that, you know, happiness is dependent on, is largely dependent on the quality of the relationship that you have with yourself and with others. And the quality of the relationship that you have with yourself and others is dependent on communication with yourself and with others. So communication is the foundation. It's the key ingredient, core ingredient. It's everything, everything. If you are, unless you're in a room with four white walls and no device, you're, you're in a state of a, a communication situation with someone somehow, right? And with yourself, you're communicating with yourself constantly. So the more you get in tune with like, how am I, same questions you're saying, like, how am I communicating with myself? What are the things I'm saying myself? What are the questions I'm asking? The more you build that relationship, which then leads to more happiness. Connection equals happiness. That's what we're all looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Now you could also say happiness is being in the present moment. It's uh, giving back. It's being grateful. It's all those things too. But the more you improve your communication, the, the higher your happiness is going to be. And if you want to test that out, you can look at a happy moment in your life. The first one that comes to mind is the right one and a sad moment in your life. And outside of death and COVID, right, situations that are that are not that are still some some kind of way in your control. That sad moment, if you go back to the root of that moment and you trace it back, it's likely a moment where communication went sideways. It's, it's likely coming back to a moment where you're like, wow. If I would have, could have, would have, should have just said something different or done something different, my whole life could look different. It's those kind of moments that you study. Um, and I have a whole process I take people through with that too, so they can really like see how that works. Um, but communication is everything. It really is everything. <laughs> you know, and I think it comes down to two, there's so many conditioned behaviors and habits where you know, depending on the family that, you know, the modeled behavior that existed within our family, where communication, the strengths of communication lie, or where people resist and, you know, go inside and hold it all in. Um, because I know that a lot of people, they are in complete resistance around, you know, letting their feelings out or even addressing what's going on inside of them. How do you, how would somebody handle that? So, you know, you're really brilliant at what you do. And these are all the most important questions. It's like, if you're, if you're meeting resistance around communicating, which we all do, and that's, you're not alone in that. And you're listening to this. I would say the first thing I do is I meditate. So like, I know that sounds really cliche and annoying to some people that don't want to get into that space, but the more you connect inward, and I know that also sounds annoying, but the more you connect inward and just ask yourself these questions or really just even just meditate and not ask anything, right. And just get into a state of coherence. Right. So um, let me kind of roll it back a minute. Cause there's five different ways I could say this. So you understand this and teach this stuff, Sherry, but I'll explain it for everybody that's listening. But we have these states of being coherent and incoherent. And so when our thoughts and our speech and our feelings are in alignment, which is really what you're trying to make happen, you want to communicate something, you feel resistant around communicating something, it's because your thoughts, your speech, your feeling like something is out of alignment, right? And when something is out of alignment, it creates incoherence. Well, what does that mean? It means that we have this six foot energetic bubble around us right? And when something is incoherent, that bubble is kind of like wavy is the only way I describe it, right? Yeah. 
And so people can feel that. That's why when you say like, oh, that person's in a crappy mood, like I'm not going to go near that. It's because their bubble's incoherent and you can feel it, their energetic bubble. Okay. And so what you really want to do, and this is why I say meditation. Okay. This is where it comes back to is when you meditate, you make your bubble coherent. You get your, your body calm, your mind calm. You get your thoughts, your speech, and your feelings in alignment. You have a moment to kind of pull those in. And then the answers come easier and there's less resistance and it's easier to get clear on what you're trying to communicate. It's also okay. If you don't want to do all that, it's also okay to just say, Hey, my intention, this is how you start the statement. My intention is to communicate from a place of love here, but I am not feeling like I'm in a, in a place of love right now. So I'm going to get there and then come back to this. But that's my intention. When you say something like that, it diffuses situations because you're basically saying to the person, I'm authentic and genuine. I want to feel seen, valued and heard. I want to make you feel seen, valued and heard. Let's get to a place where we can both come together with that intention. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know what? It, that reminds me of a class that I, well, first I taught, I took the class and then I was taught to teach the class, but it was called nonviolent communication. Yeah. yeah. And, and so every statement you always, you always stood, stated with it. I feel, I feel this way, you know, and then they used like a giraffe and have you, have you ever seen that? I've, well, I've heard about this, right? Um, and I figured because you've taught so many brilliant things that you'd probably be right on board with what I'm saying here. It's just different language, maybe a little yeah. bit. Uh -huh. But there, there's also a book that my boyfriend had me read when we first started dating. He, well, he asked me to read it. And it's called uh, Never Split the Difference. It's by Chris Goss. It's a Ooh. brilliant book about communication. And um, it, it is the same. It's nonviolent. He's basically saying the same kind of things. And it it's the statement is like, it feels like instead of saying like any kind of negative thing, you're just saying like, it feels like you're in a space where you're angry right now. And let's explore that. So the statement is it feels like, and that's how you sort of open the conversation in these kind of moments. Mm -hmm. What do you think the, what do you think the, the biggest struggle with society is around letting go of their ego? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. I think this is, you know, I said this to a client the other day who was really struggling with his mom on she she's very black and white thinking. And what I said to him was, you know, there this this is the answer to the question, I think, is this. There are practices, there are habits and patterns that we put in place between zero and eight when all of our beliefs are being created in which we, we go, okay, I am experiencing some kind of situation that's making me feel incoherent. Some people would call that a traumatic situation, right? I'm experiencing mm -hmm. a negative experience. I don't want to experience this negative experience anymore. I'm going to put this habit or pattern or this practice into place to avoid feeling this way again. And it becomes imprinted. I mean, all the stuff you, you talk about, too, it becomes imprinted. It becomes the way we do things. And it's a blind spot. It's back here now. We don't even know it. It's unconscious. It was created between zero and eight. And so I think that that is really uh, the issue, right? So what I said to my client was your mother felt like by creating this rule, what I call like a life rule, everything is either good, bad, black, white that she was protecting herself. This was her survival mechanism in a negative situation between zero and eight where she needed to protect herself. And so every time she's doing that, you got to look at her like an eight-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever, who is just trying to survive. And mm -hmm. she believes somewhere unconsciously in her patterning, this is the way to survive. 
And, and it's very challenging until you do this kind of work and you want to change to change that because it's unconscious, you know, it's right here. It's like a blind spot that's playing all the time, you know, mm -hmm. really hard. It, well, and it is, and it seems so real. I mean, this illusion that we own and give power to, no matter what it is, it seems so real. Yeah. And so, so many of us, when you talk about being unconscious, you know, we are so unconscious of our reaction and our response to things. And we don't recognize that it's our response that's creating more of it. And so when it comes to letting go of all that and healing all of that, how do you rewire these, these limiting beliefs and these false truths that seem very real to people? It's a great question. So I say that, you know, all coaches do three things, but we do them very differently. We have our own frameworks and they look like this. And it's kind of the answer to the question is the first thing you'd have to do is uproot the limiting belief, right? So, so it's a process. I have this process I go through called relationship stacking and I have people pick, you know, five relationships that were really important. Most of them are romantic because that's where like, it's easier to catch that stuff. And so we go through these and we stack them and you look at how those relationships unfolded, what started, what finished. So it's all about the pattern, right? It's mm -hmm. everything for me is all about patterns. And so you can start to hear what, what I call their life rule is inside of that. So what was that life rule that was created between zero and eight? Once I have it, I have that sentence, then you can start working with it from there. Um, and so the second phase is then you're implanting. So you're uprooting the life rule, you're replanting new a new life rule, basically, and then you're cultivating a daily practice. And to make that very real, it's like, this is the, the example I give. So when you are going through it, when someone is, is, is pushing up against your life rule and you start to feel very angry, right? Anger is beautiful because when we're angry, that's the stuff where we're triggered and we can dissect it. So if you start to think about, if you're sitting here listening to this, you're like, I want to do this myself, pick the last three times you were really angry because the, the, the life rule is all inside of those, right? So you think about, okay, where in my body do I get really angry? Well, for me, it's like, it's in my chest, right? It gets heavy on my chest. I start to get that, like that really constricted feeling where you just like, I'm East Coast Italian. So anger is very passionate, it's fiery. I'm not in that space often, but I really feel it when I feel it, it's in my body. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what's really making me very angry right now? Well, for example, I'll give an example. I use this one all the time because it's very easy to understand. You know, my father, who I have a good relationship with now, my biological father, left when I was seven. Um, we didn't talk for many years. We have a beautiful relationship now. But the point is, is that when he would be in my life for like the year before he absolutely left my life, I would have to go to my grandmother's house to see him and he would never show up. So he was always wasting my time. What were the beliefs that I created out of that? It's like, don't waste my time and value me. So when I'm in a situation where I feel like someone is wasting my time, my body starts to do that thing and I start to boil over. So I'm going from zero to 10. And now that I'm conscious of it, I know it's happening. So it's what? It's a blind spot that was here and now it's here because it's not a blind spot anymore. I know it because I know it's in my body. I know it's happening. So I can look at that and be like, this person is not wasting my time and they're not devaluing me. They're just not. And it just like releases it. Mm. So it's a process of making that blind spot in front of you, right? Becoming mm. aware of that life rule, that blind spot, understanding where it's landing in the body and how it shows up so you can recognize it when it's there. 
and then turning what I call turning that over. So what's the opposite of this? Oh, this person values me. They're just dealing with their own stuff, right? It doesn't show up for me with people that I care about. It's like when I'm on the phone with HealthNet and they've charged me an extra month and I'm like, why is this insurance company charging me an extra month? It's like that kind of stuff that makes me yeah. crazy. But it's really getting into the anger and not being not being like judgmental of the anger. Like anger is good. If you look at, you study the map of consciousness, anger is like right where you get to neutral. It's not bad. You still have fire in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's where all the nuggets are is when you're angry is your nuggets are there. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I mean, if, you know, cause one of the things that I like to really focus on is how to live in the moment and 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 how to understand whatever is revealing itself in the moment and what we can do to identify with that without attachment to recognize what it's revealing itself as without attachment because like you were saying you know we use 5% of our conscious mind and 95% we use of our subconscious mind and so that part of us goes and it says what is the rule yeah and and so the rule is going to always win over the conscious mind. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, totally. You know, and so and so I just I love what you're sharing um because it's so many of the steps that I help people to process through in the moment. So let's speak to that for a little bit because I feel like there you know really the message that's coming out right now in the world it, you know especially with the covid coming up is is how can we address what's appearing in the moment and what is it that's in the moment that's revealing itself for us because it's all here for us yeah. and, and how do you usually address that how do i address the the challenging moments that are for us and and mm -hmm. so so you know look i think that it's a great question i want to really think about this before i so for me, I use affirmations and mantras. Mm -hmm. So I have it, those statements that resonate with me. Everything is just as it should be. Everything is just as it should be. It's all working for me all over the place. I actually have some of the stuff written um, and I've recorded myself. So if I'm ever in a state where I'm really challenged by a situation, because it, of course it still happens all the time, but certain situations that those are the questions I ask myself. So I say like, what is the rule here that that needs to be addressed, right? So asking myself that question, like, where am I getting triggered here? What does it mean about me? Like, what is what am I making this mean about me? Um, how do I get into a conscious state around it? How do I come from a place of love instead of fear? So mm -hmm. I have that question written up. I put that all over my parents' house too when I left. I, I was love there. It. I left and I had post-it notes all over their house. But how do I come? And that's honestly really to make this answer very simple. It's just asking that question. How do I come from a place of love instead of fear? How do I move? And I'll actually visualize it. I'm in the fear bucket and I'll like move myself actually. Like I'll try and step in. Okay, how do I move from the fear bucket to the love bucket? And this is all stuff, if you're listening to this and it sounds like, oh, I don't know. This is all stuff that is, <laughs> it feels really weird uh -huh. until you start to do it. And that's why I say it's a practice and it's a muscle that you build because it really yeah. does work, but you have to trust, like you have to do it for yourself to trust that it actually works so you can see how it works a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it just feels like, yeah, okay, that's going to help me when I'm really struggling, but it does. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, you brought up your relationship with your father. Well, I have healed a relationship with my father over the last two years 
And, and one of the things is, is I was always a visionary. I was always um, a person that was a big thinker. And, and I think way out there in the spectrum. And, you know, he'd always say, oh, that's airy fairy thinking or, oh, give me some more snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I really came to realize is, is as I got clearer about the life that I wanted to live, as I got more aware of who I wanted to be as a person, the more people just like your sh yourself began to show up in my moments. Oh yeah. You know, mm -hmm. who had solutions, who had yeah. tools. And, and I think so much of it comes down to a person, one being ready and two to realize that we're not separate from anything in the universe that yeah. we, there is this wholeness. There's this, there's this perfection and there's this completeness and it exists within and through all things. But every single one of us has been given free will. And yeah. so if our patterns, as you were saying, and our habits are to allow certain triggers, you know, to come in front of us and what do we do? We respond to the same trigger over and over again. And all we do is keep getting over and over again. We needed those things. We needed those experiences yep. in our life in order to bring us to the point of surrender, to bring us to the point where we realize, I'm ready. I need some help. I need somebody to, you know, get, help me out with some tools here. And, you know, I think what you're saying, I'm so glad that you went in this direction because I almost forgot to share it. And I think this is so important what you're saying. It's actually the most important thing, what you're saying right now. So I think, um, the biggest breakthrough around this stuff for me was in a book uh, called The Journey of Souls. Mm. And The Journey of Souls essentially says it's it's the journey in between lifetimes. So you have to buy into the reincarnation idea, which of course I do. But the, the essence of the story is that everybody in your life is a teacher. Some of those teachers are painful teachers. Some of those teachers are painful teachers, but they're all teachers. And we're in, this is why we have this idea of the school of life, right? So you imagine life, this lifetime that you're in right now as, as going to school, right? And the end of the school is, is you reaching your higher self. Like the goal is to get your PhD in Natalie, Susie, higher self, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we go through all these classes with all of these teachers to learn all of these lessons. And at the point at which you're sitting here and you're like, I can't believe I'm running into this trigger again, Right. At that point where you go like, how did I get here again? I have an exercise, I do this with clients. How did I get here again? That's your point where you go, this is one of my life lessons. Who are the teachers who have taught me this lesson? And what is the last thing I need to do? And then you state to the universe, like I do this with like full moon ceremonies. I get super woo woo with it, but what, what is the lesson I learned from this teacher? And and stating and declaring to the universe, like, I'm done with this lesson. I don't need to go to this classroom with this lesson ever again. I'm done. And and really stating that and declaring that and, and releasing and accepting that you have learned the lesson that you need to learn here. And then knowing that another one will come. And I think the, the challenge with people that irritate you, like when I read The Journey of the Souls, I was having a really hard time getting over um, an ex like that had hurt me and I was angry about it. And at the point at which I could see that he was a teacher and he was a painful teacher, but because of that, he had given me such an enormous amount of growth as a light worker that now I was going to be able to use with my clients and my students. 
I, I moved him from resent. I was resentful to grateful, resentful to grateful. And I had to do that exercise over and over again. And at that moment where you can do that, it's released. You can be like, I learned this lesson. I'm grateful for it now. That's the most brilliant moment in time. And my parents, you know, um, my mom and my stepdad, who's my, my dad for all in, intents and purposes, both read it too and had those same breakthroughs as well. And so it was this beautiful conversation that happened during COVID around how to release these painful teachers um, and see life as, as a school. I love the way you put that because really that is so much about what it means to live in the moment. And it means you know, being willing to look at all of those experiences and all the people that showed up as a teacher to bring you to this point of power. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what I mean when I say living in the moment is in every moment we're being from a state of mind. And that state of mind has emotions that are attached to it. So is the state of mind attached to what you really want? Or is it attached to the contrast, what we don't want? Because none of us want sadness and pain and suffering. We want love and appreciation and fun and good and greater good. And we all deserve it. We are all that gifted. But I think we've come to a point in history where, you know, you and I know oh, this is the great awakening. This is a time when we've all been called back to our souls because our soul is just the cog on the wheel that's saying yes. So when whatever is showing up is revealing itself, it's asking us. It's saying to us, you know, do you want to keep owning either this conscious or unconscious part of yourself? Because whatever is right here in front of you is a piece of yourself that you're putting out and all you're doing is attracting into your moments what you are. Yeah, it's oh, my God, Sherry, it's so brilliant. It's exactly it. And, and understanding that that's a foreign concept, too. It's hard to get that until you really get it right. So like understanding that everyone's a reflection of you and that the things that irritate you about them, it's stuff that you need to deal with on your own mm -hmm. and cleaning your own stuff up removes those kinds of things from your awareness. It's really hard to get it until you really get it. And I'm still learning, you know, but it's like, that's the part, you know, and, and understanding as you're saying, like, we're all one, like looking at that person and being like, you're really triggering me. You've got some stuff going on. How is that linked to me like how do I do those things why is it triggering me so much and understanding like I am one and you are a part of me and I'm a part of you and how do I come to this from a place of love and all these kinds of things it really dissipates a lot of it um this kind of trauma and torture and all these negative fear-based emotions that we put ourselves through and then asking yourself the question like if I come from a place of love my body's going to feel better my soul's going to feel better my mind's going to feel better do I want to be in that space or do I want to be in this old, you know, here's the last thing I'll say about it. Cause I know I'm going on and on, but now I, I love it. I tell my clients, there's two roads, there's two roads that you can go on. And if you're depressed, frustrated, or coming to me in a crisis moment, or you struggle with repetitive thoughts and that kind of stuff, you're on this like sort of dark and dreary, cold, muddy road. And it's cold and, and it stinks, but like you've, you've done it so many times. You've walked on this path so many times, you know, where all the ditches are, you know, where the turns are like, it's not scary. It's super comfortable because you've spent so much time hanging out on this road. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like this other road when things sort of move and groove and they're brilliant in your life, 
that it's like this sunny, warm, beautiful road with wonderful flowers and it's vibrant and all this stuff. But you you don't spend any time on this road. So like you don't know where the next turn is and you don't know where the like the possible ditch is or the bee that's gonna sting you. Like you just don't know. So so we we teeter back and forth between with our life rules, with our patterns, with our habits and our stuck points, the dark road and the light road. And those roads are equivalent to neuro pathways that are in our brains, right? And so the right. one that you spend the most time on is the one that's really strong in your brain. So it's really easy to hang out there and you feel comfortable and safe because you've been there for a long time. Yeah, so true. I mean, and I think that I truly believe that people's biggest struggle is fear and stepping out of their comfort zone. And then at the same time, recognizing that right now is all that there is. And I mean, it, I mean, people just can't grasp the idea. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I keep going back to my past. They don't realize when they go back to their past, all you're doing is using your memory. That's and, right. and then when you go to the future, you're using your imagination. Yeah. But right here and right now, in this very second that you and I are in this conversation, we are coming from a point of power in ourselves. It's a vibration. And we can either grow that vibration in the direction of what we really want in life, or we can create more resistance, putting that out into the field, and then continuing to get back into our experience, the challenges, like you said, over and over and over again. God, I've been here. I'm here again. Like, how am I here again? And you're just so frustrated. Well, if you're asking yourself that question, it's time to release and surrender. Mm -hmm. Just be like, I'm here again and I'm done with this lesson. What is the lesson? Who taught it to me? Mm -hmm. I'm closing the book on this one. I want to graduate. You know, it's time. I, that's another phrase I use with my clients is it's just time. Like, it's just time. It's, it's just time. time. It's time. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, but the release and the surrender, it's really challenging. This is like, it, it gets easier, you know, for people that are listening, it gets easier the more you do it. I would also encourage, like, sometimes I have clients and you talk about anchor points, and this is a little bit of a different type of anchor than we were talking about earlier, but this idea around like, when was the last time that something showed up you were super excited about? And then pay attention to what you were doing in that moment because you were probably living in the present moment when this brilliant, amazing thing just synchronistically showed up. Like you were just doing your thing. You know, Abraham Hicks always says that. Like if you're really stre stressing about something, you really want something to change, then stop thinking about it. Like just put it to the side and go focus on something else and put your energy. And then it, things just sort of work out. Um, but it feels too simple, you know, I think for some people. Well, and you know, and that leads me to what I love to talk about is simple. I mean, in reality, all of this is simple. It's like I created an exercise program, you know, because I'm a retired pro bodybuilder, but I created an exercise program years ago, ago called 60 Second Solution Revolution. Brilliant. And yeah. the idea was that you could do one 60 second, 30 to 60 second movement all out, meaning you're like, if you're doing a jumping jacks, you were doing the jumping jacks as fast as you could for 30 to 60 seconds. But the rub was, is, is when you get into that oxygen debt, when you're out of breath, you have to repay the debt and you repay that debt by getting centered and still and breathing deeply from your diaphragm and letting the air out like you would chi and karate. And what that does is it actually releases 
three times, up to three times what you would traditionally burn body fat wise, anabolic hormones, testosterone, sugar burning, anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. And do you think that people could do that? They Because they're caught up in the belief. See, it starts with the belief. If you believe something, if you believe life has to be hard, if you believe you have to hustle, if you have to grind, if you have to take massive action, then that's exactly what shows up as experience. Once again, it's time to shift our beliefs in the direction that it can be with ease and grace. Like oh, Abraham right. said, the whip crackers of the world, Abraham says, they teach us to believe that we have to take massive action. And it's not massive action. It's inspired action. action. I love so that. let us talk about inspired action. Brilliant. What does that mean towards you know what you teach? Oh my gosh. I love these questions. You're so good at this. Um, so the way that I discuss this is the restaurant example, which I know you've heard already the manifesting, but I'll say it cause I feel like it really resonates with people. Yes, please. It, it doesn't take a super long time to explain it, but when people come to me, they go, I, I want to manifest something, right? I want to consciously create something. Go, okay. Consciously creating and manifesting is like going to a restaurant and ordering food. And essentially this is kind of how it works. We go, okay, we have a desire. I'm hungry. Then you get a little bit more clear. You go, I'm hungry. I have a desire because I'm hungry. What kind of food do you want? Right. And you get clearer. And then you get in the car or you call, you take an inspired action. You don't wait and go, oh, okay, the food's going to show up at my door just because I think about it. Like that's ridiculous. Right. right. So, so that's where people come and they complain about the law of attraction. I'm like, okay, inspired action is in there. So you have the desire, you get clear on the desire, you take an inspired action, you show up at the restaurant, you get to the restaurant, you sit down, you order your food, right? You state what you want to the universe, or in this case, to the waiter. You go, I want a burger. And you say, I want a burger that's medium rare with cheddar cheese on it and fries. Now, what you don't do, which is where people get, people get stuck when they want to manifest, you don't go like, exactly how much time is it going to take like in seconds? How many minutes and seconds is it going to take for it to get here? And how many fries exactly are going to be on the plate and who's cooking the food and what's the oven being cooked on? We don't do any of that. We just say, I want a burger with fries and we place the order and then we go back to talking to the person we're with or being on our phone or reading the book and we forget about it. And we trust that it's going to show up how we ordered it, that we're going to enjoy it because why? Because we took the inspired action to get there, because we have the money to pay for it, because we're worthy of what we asked for, right? And where people get stuck is when they, they ask all those questions from the waiter, right? And the waiter gets irritated and everybody's irritated because nobody has all those answers right away. Or they or they set the, the set the burger order in place and then they, they bother the waiter 10 minutes later and change the order to something else. Oh, I want a salad now instead. Yeah. Right. So, so getting, getting what you want from the universe, it's that, it's that moment where you go, okay, I placed the order. I know I'm worthy of it coming. I have everything I need. And you go back and do the thing you were doing and trust that it's going to show up. That's the, that's the, the thing, you know, mm -hmm. that's where the magic. Happens. Oh my God. I just had this conversation today with my mentor, Reverend Nancy Woods. And we were talking about how I had been shown 24 years ago in my first near-death experience, all of the potential purposes that I had come from in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. and, and so had I known at the time that it was going to take me 24 years to have everything be happening that was shown in my near-death experience like it is right now, 
I I said, I don't know if I would have chosen to come back because a lot. required was all these things you and I are talking about. You know, one of the things that had been said to me was I never had to worry that all the right people would show up at the right moment to help me move forward. But that message isn't only for me, it's for all of us. Totally. We have the right people, the right situations, the right opportunities show up in the moment. But what happens is, is just like what you said, we're over here, you know, analyzing and rationalizing and scrutinizing, you know, the how. And we're, we're pushing aside what's shown up for us. And so the cool thing now is, is, is I didn't realize I was going to walk homeless on the streets and I was going to go through, you know, these major adversities in life. But right now what I do know is I know that as I continued and I was willing and I had the desire to live each day more and more in the direction of what I really wanted, just like repetition, I kept repeating and getting better, repeating and getting better. And then, like you said, eventually the muscle was so strong yeah. that I looked back on that lower self, that that self that, you know, was different. Mm -hmm. And I realized, wow, I had grown to a to into a person, into a woman that deeply unconditionally loved others. That mm -hmm. that that even though I saw a lower level of being in other people. What I did is, is I learned to see the face of truth in each individual. I learned to see past the appearance of what they were faced with and, and, and to go back to the truth. The truth is, is you, me, and all of us are one. There's no separation between any of us. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It is the truth too. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's a real, um, yeah, there's so many things to say. It's a beautiful statement. Yeah. So when you're dealing with people who are just like, let's just say that something like maybe they were going to lose their house or they were going to walk homeless on the streets or even let's say it was a, you know, cancer yeah. or something like that. Um, and you're addressing like major crisis yeah. with clients and stuff like that. What's some ways that you work with them to just really get out of that appearance of dis-ease? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So what I tend to attract, right? Because I believe as a coach, we have, you know, a thousand souls that are part of our tribe and those souls are just waiting to hear your voice. So we can always have many, many coaches and teachers on the planet because there's a certain souls that are there to hear their certain voice. There's a voice yeah. for every tribe. And the tribe that I tend to attract, um, one of one of the versions uh, is women that tend to be dealing with like a narcissistic partner. Mm. So their big crisis that they're coming up against um, is, is a real emotional, heartbreaking, mental wound in which their self-esteem, their self-confidence, their self-worth has been sort of diminished in a huge way, but they have a very big light and they're aware of that now. And they really want to work through all their stuff to, to get to the other side of it. And so I would say in all these situations, whether it's really, whether it's that kind of a relationship, emotional stuff or physical body stuff, um, the first thing is really acknowledging the space that they're in, right? That's the first mm -hmm. thing as a coach that we need to do is acknowledging how challenging it is and that they're not alone um, and that those kinds of things. And then step two is this idea of this is just a moment in time. 
and that we live in we live in a universe that abides by the law of duality, like I said in the beginning here. Mm-hmm. We also live in a universe where change is the only constant. And to really, 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 really get that change is the only constant and that this is just a moment in time. And so how do we put a process in place for you to move through this so that you get the soul lesson that you are supposed to be getting yes. in this experience? And yeah. really understanding and the journey of the souls, again, is a really good resource for this. And what that what that book basically states is that we came through to the body with a contract for certain things to happen in our life that we agreed to. So we signed a soul contract that we were going to go through certain experiences that were going to elevate us and take us to our PhD, our highest level, our ascension level, and accepting that that this is all as it should be, even as bad as it is, because there's something here in it for you and that this is just a moment in time and that there's going to be a moment where you get to look back on this moment in time and you're grateful for it. So what do we do to move you through it to get to that point where you're not resentful, you're grateful. And it's really challenging in the beginning, right? Because when you're in a moment, when you're in like a ditch moment and it's a ditch moment, not just like you can't even see that it's possibly a cocoon moment. It just feels like a ditch moment. It's hard, you know? So it, that's the process for me is, is understanding that, that there's a lesson here for you and there's a growth moment here for you and that it is coming. Mm Mm-hmm. How can you tap into more happiness in, 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 so in your pursuit for happiness, how can we tap more into happiness in each day, in today? Oh, that's a great question. So there's a process for that too. It's, it's unique to, to you, right? It's unique to each person and it's understanding like, what does high vibe, like the question you asked, like, what does happiness mean or what does high vibe mean? And then what are the things that get me there? So for me, I know, I'll just use myself as an example. Yeah. I know that my high vibe happiness is when I'm in a state of um, motivation and peace at the same time. Like I feel motivated, but I feel peaceful. There's no weight on my chest because I know that when I'm not in a state like that, there's a, generally a weight on my chest. It shows up right on my heart chakra. Mm-hmm. So I feel light. So I attach certain words to the feeling that I know equals happiness for me. So it's, oh, I feel light in my body. I feel motivated to do the stuff that's in front of me and I feel peaceful. There's no thoughts like running in my head. Well, what does that look like for me? It's being on my purpose. It's Mm. on my purpose. So what does it look like for you without judgment? Maybe for you, it's being a parent, Mm. maybe a mom. Maybe for you, it's being in a dance class. Like what is, what are those words that equal happiness for you individually and what are the activities that get you to to hit those words most often does that make sense absolutely and you know for me it's one word anchor i should go boom boom that's my word if i say say that one word to myself literally like that energy right yes yeah so that's why I say like when we when we talk like this, like find your person that helps you because it's hard to do all this stuff on your own. Like yeah. I, it takes a village to raise me. I mean, I had brilliant parents that 
really gave me an incredible, crazy, amazing foundation. And then I have like a ton of healers and coaches and teachers and mentors and modalities and practices and meditations. I mean, the list goes on and on. My boyfriend makes fun of me. It's like, it takes a village to raise me. So don't be afraid to like reach out and ask for support so you can get help building your foundation on this stuff. Yeah. Oh gosh. I so agree. You know, it's just like, I have the most amazing people that surround me and, and every, and so what we've done is, is we bring our gifts together you yes. know, because there comes a time when you get to this space in yourself, when you've done the work, when you've been willing to do the work that you realize that when we give of ourselves freely without expecting energy is reciprocal. What you yeah. put out, you pull back. And so when you have all these people that have all these major gifts, like you, me, and the people that surround us, we share our gifts with each other freely. Totally, totally. I love that you're saying that. I think that I, I get a little leery. It doesn't happen to me anymore ever. But when I first started coaching, like people would be like, I don't want to give my content because I'm afraid you're going to take it. And I would be like, what? <laughs> like, this is your content. This is your framework. Like own it and don't worry. I've got my own. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm -hmm. and I, I also believe in the coach in, in the personal development space. Like there's definitely new things coming out that you're, you're involved in. But a lot of the stuff has been said already. And yeah. what it is really about is coming up with your own language and your own frameworks, right? That's why I have all these different exercises I do and you have your programs and all that stuff. That's what it's about. So it's just like, you know, it, it, we do, we all freely, which I'm so, I'm so grateful for the group of people that surround you and I, because we have so much overlap because we're really, really beautiful humans to each other. I call us lightworker leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets and, and you let go of any kind of space of judgment or competition because you realize, remember, it goes back to what you said in the beginning around the law of attraction. You know, if you're if your focus and your belief is in this area that people are going to steal from you, you're giving that out. Mm -hmm. And it's just like planting a seed in the soil. And if you give that enough belief and you water that seed enough in your in your belief system, what's going to happen is you're going to have proof. Everybody's going to show up into your experience that does that to you. That's right. hundred percent. I say this in conscious conversations like it's a six step process that I'm happy to share it. Another, you know, you can reach out to me or whatever. But the second part of the process is is noticing the other person in your communication situation what is their message mission or goal in the situation and understanding that everybody has a life lens that they look at their life through right and that life lens is unique to them like your fingertips and it was based around uh your experiences and your family and your upbringing and stuff so really always asking yourself the question like what is the life lens that this person is looking at life through um you know don miguel Re Ruiz talks about this in the four agreements, like not making assumptions, not taking things personally, like understanding that everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Everybody has trauma. Everybody has a life lens that they're looking at life through that helped them survive, like really being compa compassionate, like just being compassionate towards people and not assuming the worst and not getting offended and triggered. And, you know, but all that comes back to understanding the stuff you've been saying, we're all one. We're all reflections of each other. We're all love and light and worthy. You know, it's all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, really, it's all perception and it's all belief. And we realize, you know, those perceptions can be illusions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, coming to the idea where you, go, like you said, go, coming back into yourself, getting to know yourself, 
letting go of other people's opinions and really finding the answers that have always been available inside all of us um, because everything outward was first created inward. Definitely. And that's why we face so many of the things we do in society because it goes back to the old adage where two or more are gathered. So if we're gathered in belief, you have your power, I have my power. In reality, now we come together in oneness and we realize, wait a minute here. I mean, you you, you could you could have the power of, of, of a bomb because mm -hmm. that's how, you know, energy works. That's how the quantum field works. And so the object, I think, for all of us right now is to figure out how we can come together in oneness instead yes. of looking at each other with separation and judging each other. And then we're creating more of that energy in the universe. And then we continue this vicious cycle of society where people are being murdered and killed and, you know, things are, you know, massive destruction, pain and sadness is experience, you know, being experienced in, in the world. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent. I agree with all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, gosh, Natalie, this has been an amazing conversation. Really? It's beautiful. Conscious conversation. We just had, thank you so much for all of your questions. It's been a while. You're the first person I've it's been a while since I've been on like a couple of weeks. I was doing so many interviews and I took a break to just kind of go inward. And it's, this was a really beautiful coming home, <laughs> coming back. Um, I love it. Well, why don't you go ahead and share with our audience um, how people can get a hold of you, make sure that you share each of them, your Facebook, your Instagram and your website for our podcast as well. Brilliant. Okay. So, um, you can find me at nataliesusie.com. So the spelling is S-U-S-I. Um, I am the same at Instagram, Natalie Susie, and the same at Facebook. So super easy to, to find me and happy to support you in any way that I can. I do conscious um, communication work in businesses, and I also do all this stuff on one-on-one -on -one in sessions as well. Um, so I'm happy to support in any way I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our audience members, as always, for supporting me, for being here weekly on High Vibe Nation. The show goes live on Wednesday evenings right now at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, but I'm in Arizona. So in the wintertime, we're Mountain Standard Time, crazy as it sounds. So thank you again, as always. And you can find us on the web at thehighvibenation.com. You can find me on Instagram at The High Vibe Nation. And you can find me on Facebook at The High Vibe Nation. So as always, thank you and have an amazing rest of the week. Bye now. Ciao. From everybody here at The High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at www.thehighvibenation.com.